Hi, welcome to a new episode. We're a group of friends passionate about motorsports. My name is Anna. I'm Fede. And I'm Kimi. And this is F1 Vitamin. And it's lights out and away we go. Hi, I'm Josh. I work for Scuderia Alvatari in the digital department. And this is the F1 Vitamin podcast. Today we have a very special guest, the man behind Alphatari's social media and the director of Yuki and Pierre's TikTok transitions. Welcome, Josh. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm glad you're fine. Our first question would be, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, responsibilities during a race weekend with the team? Yeah, sure. My responsibilities um, with the team is to run the social media channels. Um, so, you know, your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and now we've even got TikTok. So, um, yeah, I think I covered that all. And to also create the content that sort of goes out on, on those channels. So it's uh, a lot of live and reaction throughout the, throughout the weekend. You know, see things happen, try and record it, try and get it and um, put it out. Um, that's what happens on a race weekend, you know, in a nutshell and, uh, in between race weekends and all the way through the year, it's more planning of what we're going to do those race weekends, um, and what goes out in between the race weekends as well. So how do you find inspiration to create all the content that you make? That's a good question. Um, I don't really like following what other teams are doing. Um, I like to look outside of the box and see maybe what other sports are doing. Um, uh, you know, inspiration can come from anywhere. Like I, a lot of the times I'm probably just watching TV or YouTube and see things um, that are interesting there and think, oh, can I switch that and make that Formula One or motorsport related or, you know, related to our drivers because that we've got every team has two unique drivers, but ours are also very unique in a way. Um, so I could be, yeah, just scrolling through, even scrolling through social media. I hate saying it, but sometimes I'm just scrolling through social media and, um, and you see things that are completely not motorsport related, but you might get a small idea to sort of transfer that, um, and bring it into the, um, the F1 world and try and be the first, um, try and be the first to, to do that. And I think we've done a good job of that last year as well, especially with our, um, our reels and our TikToks, um, you know. Um, we've got a good team um, in our office. We're, we're a group of three and um, I've got to give credit to the other guys. They're, they're looking at the trends of what's going on and we can like replicate that in a Formula One sense. Yes, like follow different, I don't know, in TikToks, like sounds that are trending and make it uh, like work for F1. That's interesting. And do you, and do you get inspiration or ideas from also from Yuki and Pierre or did you just do what you tell them? Like... Do they have ideas? Um, like, look. Pierre sometimes has ideas. Like, he does come to us and and he'll like he'll, like he'll just be on his phone scrolling and he'll say like, "Have you seen this or have you seen that?" And and um, he actually sent me one the other. Where were we last? We're in Monaco. Yeah. Um, he sent me one like on the Thursday night or something, and said we should do this. And it was like a reel of just like one of our um, because you know how we have the camera glasses or the the visor cam it was like a good transition of like getting into that and then you're in the car as well. So he's like, yeah, we should do this. I'm like, okay, let's do that in Baku. 
I haven't put a slide in for it, but it's on my list now because it's, if he's happy to do it, I'm happy to film it. How long does it take to edit all the material for social media? It depends on like the weekend or what sort of project you want to do. So I, I take care of like a, like a lot of our longer form content as well. So like the all access videos on YouTube, that's like one of my projects. So like that will take most of my time, for an example, because I need to like pick a race where to do it uh, and make sure there's enough content to fill it. Because another thing I don't like doing is oversaturating our platforms of just the same thing over and over again. That's why we don't do an all access every weekend because it's going to become boring. So it would like, I'll plan for that. I would film like constantly throughout the weekend and then spend about, you know, two days editing the entire thing. And then it has to go through like an approval if I use any technical things or, and, um, and through my boss as well. And then we can sort of put it out. So that's why it takes so long. So that's like a longer form project. Um, other things like social media, smaller things on the weekend that can just be very quick and instant like I can film something that that's happening right there for example like yeah this is a very small throwback I'm not sure if you would remember or not but when in, we were in Imola and Pierre and Yuki are walking down our motorhome and Pierre's just like grabbing Yuki like this saying let's go let's go that can just be a small film and I go straight inside and I edit that and I put it on social media like 10 minutes later so there's your like two different styles of um of covering social media on a weekend It's impressive how sometimes you, the race is over and like we're watching it on TV and we're checking social media and teams are already posting results. Like it's not, it's not even minutes and the results are already there. That's, that's impressive. That's, I hate that though. I mean, I like it, but I hate it because you have to be right. We are a smaller team. So other teams and like Formula One, for example, Formula One are on it as soon as the checkered flag finishes, they've got theirs ready. Um, because they have an agency and they have like a lot more people working around. We're like at maximum two or three people at the track. So we have, yeah, and, and our graphics are a bit more complicated. So it's not just like an image that we can get ready. It's a moving image. So that takes a little bit more. Um, but we've put a lot of time uh, into these graphics. So I'm glad you noticed stuff like that because other teams are doing it as well. So um, we, yeah, after like a practice session, we've got, the still images where I can edit that actually on my phone. We've got a nice program um, that we that we use. And then for the Saturday and Sunday, like qualifying in the race, we do that ourselves with pre-made um, After Effects templates. So that's why like they can be a bit fidgety. Um, I'm normally in the garage on, on the grounds, you know, live coverage. So I don't do that part, the After Effects, because I can't, I don't have a laptop in front of me. So whoever else is with me at the track or back at base will have to help me with that. And then they'll send it to my phone and I'll post it. So we try and be as quick as we can. So I'm, I can imagine that for us, if it's hard and we, we don't have as much pressure as you guys do, it's impressive. Yeah. How do you do it so fast? It's like automatic. Like you already have it in your social media. I don't even know what happened and it's already on social media. <laughs> um, I guess the good thing is we're focusing on ourselves you know, I only have to know where we finished. So it's like, I, I you know, especially a couple laps towards the end, if, we're, if I know we're going to finish in these positions, I can just say like, all right, get those graphics ready now. And then I can start getting a copy ready in my head before I post. So honestly, it's just experience, I guess. Um, to be trackside, you have to be very quick and, and right as well. And that's the main thing, you have to be right. Um, I hate it when things go out and it's wrong. There's no real trick to it, if I'm honest. Uh, 
I get it delivered to me as soon as I can. And I'm very, I'm very hard on the, whoever's doing it, whoever's helping me. I'm very hard on them saying, you get it to me now. Like they might not like me. That's fine. But I want it out quick. Um, but they know at the end it's, it's all for the, we're all working together. I'm just very like, <laughs> get it done as you know, because it goes out quickly and, other, and you're fighting nine other teams plus accounts, other accounts trying to get the same results out. So yeah, we can take pride in that. Yes. And how do you think it's changed? Like from the past year, social media has become more and more important. Why do you think it's important for the team to have a good uh, platform in Instagram or Twitter or TikTok? How is it important for the team There's two, yeah, there's like, there's kind of two different questions in there. I started with the team towards the end of 2017. And even then social media was completely different to what it is now. And the couple of years before that, I was, I was still freelancing in Formula One, but just by myself, um, you know, understanding and following social media as it, as it goes along, because you have to utilize it to get anything you want to say out there. Um, so I think, you know, that's why teams sort of realized it's, it's value Um, and needed people to help run it. It couldn't just be someone from communications putting a few things out, which is what it used to be, you know, in, when Twitter and, oh, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to say Instagram. It was mainly just Twitter and maybe Facebook, early 2010s, um, when you were watching a race. I'm not sure how long you've been watching for or following this like deeply on social media, but, you know, from 2011 till 15, maybe I'd say it was just heavily focused on Twitter teams as all the teams with Twitter accounts were strong. Everything else was very weak because it was just a way of getting your, your message out there. And they're starting to utilize that, but it was only people from the communications department. And then when they realized there was an opportunity to create, you know, more fans and actually get revenues from sponsors to get their message across through a big brand. That's when it sort of started changing quite a lot. And, um, And just the evolution of social media itself, watching Instagram go from just one picture where you would choose the filter inside the app to you can do carousel posts, now you can do videos, and then there's stories on the top. You know, back early on, there was none of that. It was just a picture and that was it. So, you know, the evolution of social media and Formula One teams adapting to it sort of go hand in hand. And now you're seeing more like TikToks just come in the past couple of years. And, um, and you're seeing, you know, teams jump on that, you know, slowly, but surely they're going on. And you need more people to sort of to help cover that because if you want to tailor your content to each social media to fit each audience, it's hard to keep it one person. I mean, you really need uh, to start expanding and going and growing as well. During all the race week, I think you have a lot of photos from the team. So how do you choose which one to plot? If you ask me, it's about what's going to grab the audience's attention first and what looks nicest. If you ask anyone from marketing, it's what sponsors are in the middle of the page. So there's also another internal struggle of, I mean, it's not a struggle for us, but it's, you know, people from sponsorships, they will, they will always want to say, you know, they want the, the logos in the middle because there are programs that actually track the value of a sponsor on our car and our, on our shirts and our team kit and the race suits just by what we post. It does, you know, you can, it will generate a monetary figure from like one month of posting to see how much 
value our social media gave that sponsor. So you have to keep um, you have to keep that in mind as well. Like when you're choosing certain pictures to try and get sponsors in. Me, when I'm choosing pictures, it's it's more yeah. What's the nicest picture that fits in the in the aspect ratio that I want? That's first and foremost. What's going to what what are going to people what are people going to like? And then if I can, I can try and get something a bit more fun or lighthearted or I can even take my own camera and take a picture of myself to get what I need because not all the time your photographers are going to get everything because, you know, most of them are on track. But if, if something happens in the paddock, they're still on track. So it's just, it's good to have that skill as well. So you have like to choose the one that says like Alpha Tori? No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's just, uh, you, it's, it's something you keep in mind. Like if there's, if there's three pictures of Pierre, for example, and there's one where it's like just his face and it would fit perfectly on your Instagram screen, or if there's the same version, but it's cropped out further and it's got our sponsors on your shoulders and that, like maybe I'll choose that one because there's more, there's more happening. You'll still see his face. So people will be happy. They see Pierre, but sponsors will be happy because they get their, um, they get their brand shown on our channel. So it's just more like, what the tone, what like what tone you're going for, and like when it's appropriate as well. But yeah, I'd more more or less go for something that keeps both parties happy. Why is it important to interact with the fans in social media platforms? They're the ones keeping your account going, so um, you want to you want to keep them happy, and it's fun. It's fun in a way as well because you understand what type of fan, personally anyway, I'm speaking personally, like what type of fan is following your account and how they differ between the channels as well. Um, like for example, I might interact with people a bit more on Twitter because they're a bit more chatty because you can get a bit more of a thread going on. Um, and I think my tone, my tone of voice is a little bit different on Twitter because I think that's what the platform kind of goes for. Whereas Instagram, it's a little bit more, here's your caption and here's your picture. Uh, and they sort of go hand in hand and then like people can comment and like, you know, I'll comment once in a while here and there but it doesn't like Instagram doesn't promote a conversation it just promotes like here's a picture or a video so it's important to understand what your fans like and what they don't like and how they respond to the content you put out that's very important because you know we can even try certain different types of content if it doesn't work we'll know um, not just because of the numbers I don't you don't always go by numbers um, you go by the content itself and the reaction that people give you I mean it's very easy to get sucked in um to looking at a post and saying well this one got a lot of likes and a lot of views on this on this video or this post um so therefore it's always going to be working or this one didn't get enough views so we're just not going to do it again but the comments are great because you it's not always just about numbers it's about what fans want to see and you're giving them giving them the access um that they normally wouldn't get so um it, that's why it's quite important to just keep in touch and um and see and see what's being said You're saying about um, interactions on Twitter. Personally, when teams, I've seen it a lot with AlphaTauri, Haas, and Aston Martin, that they interact on Twitter. Like they tag each other, like um, at Haas, how's the rain going? Or how's, like you ask Haas a question and then Haas responds, and then Mercedes gets into the conversation. Us as a team to see those tweets, it's always funny and it's always like, Yeah. nice that you see teams interacting with each other because there's some that don't do it but I've seen it with AlphaTauri and I think it's so funny how you can because on Instagram as you say it you don't do it you're, you're not going to comment on, ha on a has post 
But yeah. on Twitter, very rarely. It's so... But it, yeah, exactly. You're right. So it's like we're talking to each other anyway. <laughs> do you plan that? Like, do you tell the guy from Hags like put this tweet and I'll reply this, or do you just no, come with no, it? No, no, it's not. It's not planned. If I if I see something, I'm like, I've got a great response. I'll do it. Like, it's not planned. Right now, we are watching like this. I don't know how to say like a joke about Pierre, like like by Pierre Gasly. Yeah. And Mercedes just post a picture and say like like by Pierre Gasly. So that's funny. No. (laughs) It it is, but it's a bit like frustrating because like uh, I was speaking to like Pierre's manager and we're just like yeah we should do something about that. And I was in Monaco and just too busy in Monaco, so I thought oh we can maybe make a little video about it um in Baku or something I mean still might like it, it's react it's all about reacting right so um you know like you could in this instance you could easily just get a video of Pierre sitting on his phone scrolling and then like you just and I just turned the camera around to see what he's going through and he's just liking everything on Instagram like it can just be something as simple as that so I might even do that I don't know we'll see we'll see what mood he's in if he wants to play it's really funny to see just a random picture and Liked by Pierre Gasly. <laughs> we love him. Yeah, he, he just, I just think he enjoys giving likes. I think he's like, you know what? People need likes. People need to feel validated. <laughs> we need a like. Yes, I've seen, I've seen on Twitter. Oh, my Twitter is related to F1. And I've seen that Pierre's also like interacting with fans, like responding to DMs and saying, oh, happy birthday and this and that. Are you involved with that? Like say, telling Pierre like, oh, you should respond no. or you should do this or that. No, he does it himself. That's what's. That's why it's good. Like he does it himself. Like, because I'll even see what he's done, and I didn't know about it because you know, in when you've got a verified account, it comes up in a different tab on our notifications, and it's just like, oh, Pierre Gasly liked eight tweets you're mentioned in, and it's just like all these like he's like talking to fans and like fans are talking to him, and he's like liking them while I'm seeing them. So like he's he's just he's just good with that. I think that's amazing because if you think about it as a strategy on a, on a media strategy, it's, it's good because you're scrolling through Twitter and you see that Pierre said happy birthday to, I don't know, whatever guy. And you're like, oh, Pierre's nice. And you start following him on Instagram. And then you watch the race and you think, oh, I like Pierre. I'm going to follow him. And then, oh, I'm going to buy merch from him. So I think that social media is more important than, than we as fans believe. It's bigger. Yeah, it's it definitely just... could be. Yeah. Even if you're just watching Drive to Survive, for example, and you see his episode and you might like it, and then you start searching him a bit more and you start saying, oh, this guy actually interacts with his fans a lot. You're more likely to sort of um, start supporting him maybe over someone else that you might have been flipping a coin over because of just the way he sort of goes about how he talks to his fans and how he goes about his racing. So so which tools do you use on a daily basis uh, to create content for the team's social media, like on your phone? I have a DSLR camera that I generally always have with me because I like, that's another thing with our accounts. We want high quality content. Like it's not good enough. Sometimes... Uh, Hard to explain. Sometimes it's okay with just a phone because sometimes the situation just requires you've only got your phone or it, you need to do it very quickly. So therefore the phone's the best option. But if I can, um, I prefer to have high quality images and video. So I will have my DSLR camera with me most, if not all the time with a microphone. Um, so that's always with me, my phone. 
Um, and I've got a, I've lost it actually, but I've got a little dongle that attaches to the phone so I can take the SD card or CF card out with whatever picture or video I've taken and then put it straight into my phone and edit it on my phone. So I can be very quick with high quality images um, when I'm, I don't know, in, in a, in a FP1, two session, or if I'm on the grid, but like I said, I've lost it and it's hard to find another one. So, but that's a little handy thing that I like. Um, and related to, related to the phone, if you don't have your camera and you're going to use your phone to post or to edit something, do you just use Instagram to edit or do you have a special tool? Um, I'll edit my, I'll edit my photos in Lightroom and my videos, if I'm on the computer, um, Premiere Pro or Adobe also has a nice app called Premiere Rush that you can put on your phone if I need to get something out. Because a lot of the time, you know, it depends on how you want to film or how you're filming something that's happening right in front of you. If a lot of the time I'm just filming vertical now because it's going to fit in most places. If you're filming horizontally, it's difficult to cut it um, to fit all channels. So I would film vertically on my phone and then I can put it in Premiere Rush and cut it to any aspect size I want and put it out to whatever channel uh, I want as well. Because certain channels require different aspect ratios to make them look better, to make them perform better. Um, so that's how I would do it if I'm just on my phone. And it happens, like it happens like that. So for you, it's easy to create content with Yuki and Pierre? I'd say so. They're very easy to work with. Um, and they're most of the time willing to do most of the things that we ask. And generally, you know, when you put them together, they're just very good. Like what you see on our channels is what you get. We're not faking that. We're not planting seeds to say, oh, you know, maybe say this and, you know, you can respond this way. They're very good together. So um, we're very lucky in that sense from last year and this year for, for those two to get along so well. And um, and provide us with content so I don't have to think of things half the time. So I can just have my camera there and and they do the work. Yes, we most of the time. We watch but, like they are good friends and they enjoy to work together. Yeah, they are good friends. Like um Pierre told the, the story when I had him um on our first episode of our little podcast that we did. Uh he Took him, he invited him out for dinner in Milan when Vicky visited Milan and like, okay, yeah, he said he was an hour late, but he had a good reason. But it was just a nice little story that that he told everyone because we did a, a live on Twitter Spaces and then we sort of edited that for a podcast, so it's it's available. But um, yeah, so he's happy to sort of tell stories like fun stories about Yuki and then making fun of Yuki, but not not making fun of Yuki himself. It's more like, look how crazy this guy is. Like, he's just so funny. Um, yeah, they've got a good relationship. They've never, I've never seen them argue with each other. And that's an honest, an honest fact. They have such a good relationship. We love it. And now that we are talking about the drivers, the drivers have like the account from the team, from Fotori, or they are not allowed to post on the official account. Was the question, are the drivers allowed to post on our account? Yeah, yeah. Like they have the account? They don't have the account, no, no. I've, I've, I've got the account on my phone. Um, 
but if they want to they can if they say you know they don't really care too much about that but if i i can give them my phone and say you know what you've got instagram stories for a day go nuts and you know they'll they'd probably do it the only issue is they probably just keep forgetting to post things or they probably keep forgetting to record things because their weekends are so busy with so many things like it's incredible how busy um drives are on a weekend that they wouldn't be thinking about oh you know what i need to do something for josh and film this and then like either i post it or they post it but it doesn't really work that way so that's what a, the perfect thing is a reserve driver get them busy because they're not doing too much um and then just give them the phone and, and say you know what ah, have at it have fun and is it also easy to i don't know if you're also involved in that when red bull makes uh content with avatari like videos and challenges with sergio and max yeah i'm, I'm on those shoots so we did the the schnitzel yacht between all four drivers last year before like before the austrian grand prix um and that was that was a busy busy weekend we flew to uh where did we fly to salzburg first because that's where hangar seven is where red bull like their their main um bases so to speak and started it from there and then the drivers took a, a seaplane to grundlesey where we were staying in the lake uh and then we had to drive the a couple of hours to get there because obviously we didn't have our own transport but um yeah so i'm on i'm on those shoots most of the time when our drivers are on there um because yeah when it comes to like a, a red bull activation that's part of my job to to be there um film stuff for our own channels and and i'll just just make sure i get i guess we get fairly treated as well because it's very easy to to favor or or give more uh, attention to the world champions or you know max's world champion or the Rebel Racing are previous world champions. Um, it's very easy to sort of give them a bit more attention and that's fine, but it's just, I guess, you know, at least if I'm there or one or one of us from our team are there, we can say, well, hang on, how about you involve um, the drivers in this way? And it's also very handy to have a team member who knows the drivers quite well, like I do, um, to get them to do things because like a production company who's never met them before will ask them to do something and they might say, nah, don't really feel like it. And if I think I see value in that, I can sort of push them along saying, look, okay, just do this. Um, it'll be worth it. And, I, you know, you can sort of talk them into it and help be the bridge between the athlete and the production company. Um, so, yeah, a lot of those things. What was the last one we did? The swamp buggy in, um, in Miami where Max versus Yuki racing around the swamp. We were there for that. And that ended up very nice. Yes. Uh what is the most important goal for the team related on the social media i don't think we have just one important goal because if you're gonna i guess you know if you're looking at it from a purely numbers perspective the important goal is to beat everyone around but that's almost impossible because you're not a manufacturer you're not winning world championships or you're not winning races every single weekend so it's a bit harder to to do that so that's not a goal of ours our goal is to just be independent and have our own voice have our own identity And, you know, when people say like, you know, oh, have you seen Alphatari's reels or like, have you seen like their videos they produce, like they really give you access to the drivers and the team and what's happening in a race weekend, because I think that's what we're good at. We are good at, um, I think we're good at sort of following and bringing in trends with our Instagram and TikToks. 
and we're also good at telling stories and showing fans like what's happening uh, at a race weekend, you know, giving them sort of raw access rather than a heavily edited YouTube piece. You know, I like keeping it, you know, somewhat edited, but a bit raw to show people like, yeah, this is happening. So even if I shake the camera a little bit because I got bumped by someone, but the content's good, I'll keep that in there because I don't mind. I want people to, be, to think when they're watching like a video, like an all access, that they're there, like they are there with me or they're the ones who are watching. And in, like, rather than having it a highly polished edited piece, you don't feel like you're the first person inside the video where I like to try and get, um, get the viewer engaged and like immersed in the video saying, this could be me. I feel like I'm there watching Pierre talk to Max um, before they play Rocket League in Miami. Like, I, that, that's my goal. So I, I, I shoot it in a way where, yeah, fans can feel like that's them, if, if that makes sense. I could, I could bring a gimbal. I could put a longer lens on and they could all be smooth. It could all be like highly perfect, um, polished. Exactly. Or I could not use a gimbal, use a wider lens so, so they can see what else is going on as well on the outside. Um, all these other people going in and out, talking to the drivers, like, hey, you need to move here and that. And they can feel like, oh, I was at that event. That is more of my goal, personally, at least, of like the channel to show uh, a real behind the scenes of what we do when it's a busy race. Well, I think your goal is, is rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you know, because us fans feel closer. Yes. And that's the yeah, goal. Because we feel and, and we're always to, looking for that. Yeah, that's good. To, that's good to hear. We always try um, to do things, obviously, to engage fans and give fans more of an opportunity to to see what's happening. Because I remember myself, you know, watching Formula One when I was younger. There was no access at all. Um, teams didn't have social media. They and when they did, they weren't allowed to post video. There was a rule until twenty eighteen. You were not allowed to post videos. So not many people know that. And um, and so I know what it's like to be on the other side of the fence saying like, what happens behind the paddock? It's so hard to just get your foot inside the paddock. So I wanna know what's happening. I wanna know what the hospitality is like. I wanna know what the driver's rooms look like. You know, where do they speak to their engineers? They, you always hear about an engineering meeting, but what's happening there? Um, it's still hard to show that because we can't really show too many engineering meetings, but we've done it in the past. And um, and obviously Netflix have sort of caught onto that and and made it you know what it is today. Um, yeah, and then the other thing is it's just what a team's not doing, and what can we do to fill that gap? And I think the the, the recent one we did was being the first to you to utilize Twitter Spaces in the Spanish Grand Prix, which gives literally anyone the access to physically ask. A driver a question themselves and i think that's fantastic you don't see the question because it's just like audio it's like a live radio show but you get to just jump on and say if you get picked i mean i have the power so i get to choose but um <laughs> if you get picked you get to like you could you could we had so many people asking pierre questions and like you could just tell it just made their day and the comments were fantastic so it's just about finding other ways to engage with fans that people haven't done before or in a different way to make it your own and a bit unique to your team um, and be a trendsetter. That's also a nice thing. 
And I feel that for fans, speaking about me, myself, we get attached to drivers. It's not just that, oh, I like the red car and that's my favorite team. You get attached to Max or Pierre or Yuki. And having that interaction, like the opportunity to ask Pierre a question or to comment on Yuki's post or to have that interaction with fans, it can make a fan like their day. You can make a, a, yeah. a Pierre fan the happiest fan ever by getting a DM from Pierre or by asking him a question. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing. But then that's bringing it back to what I said earlier about it's not just about the views or the likes. It's about what the fans are saying as well. So that's what's important to us. And again, that's why it's important to listen and see what is being said in your in your community on your social media because it's not just about the numbers. It's about how people are perceiving you as a team and what you're giving them because, yes, we're giving everything for free. So it's more, how can, yeah, how do we listen to, like, if we were a Netflix and we were charging people? That's how I would see it. If we were charging people, would people be happy to pay the subscription fee? And I hope the answer is yes. Um, but not, I'm not saying we're putting a subscription fee on anytime soon, but um, that's how I'm kind of looking at it too. I'm just, that just came to me now, so I'm not sure if that makes sense or not. But if we were charging people to use our social media, would they be happy? That's probably a good way of looking at it. Did you always want to work in Formula One? No, I wanted to be an AFL player, <laughs> which is an Australian Football League player. I wanted to be one of those. Um, and then when that became evident, that wasn't going to happen. Um, I did a lot of different things. And then it was like once I lost one of my jobs and I'd left school as well. So I was like, I had nothing in 20, 2010. I, um, I was like, I obviously liked motorsport my entire time it was in australia so v8 supercars and formula one is what i was always watching and i was up since i had no job or nothing to do every sunday night i was always watching formula one live and just got even more into it and just got like super addicted and i just wanted to know more and more and more and so i thought how can this is now my passion how can i make my passion into something that uh, could be a career move and since i was always pretty good at writing uh, I thought that could be an option. So I went back to school to study. So it was around 2011, maybe, when I realized I wanted to work in Formula One. And that's when I set aside my goal. And my goal was to work as many jobs as I could, save as much money as I could. So once I finished university, I could fund myself to go over to Europe and do all these races and show people, hey, I'm here, I'm ready to do this. I'm making a, a, a really red hot crack at it. That's pretty much exactly how it happened. I studied, I worked two to three jobs as well as studying. So I didn't have a social life. I was just constantly um, working and studying and all that sort of all that sort of stuff. And then I moved over to Europe in 2016 and, and started freelancing as a journalist to most of the races. I did 16, I think, that year. And then I continued doing it in 2017 until I started um, until I started talking to my now boss, Fabi, who's the head of communications at, at uh, Avatari. Torosso at the time and we're talking about like digital and I saw something on the website and it's like well it seems is that something that I've studied before and I know I could do and it just we just started talking and then all of a sudden journalist hat comes off digital hat comes on and here we are like almost five years later we're gonna follow your steps Josh that's a short that's a short story 
Yeah, I hope you do. That's the short story. The long one involves me sleeping on people's floors, getting locked out of apartments, um, almost getting robbed in Budapest. Like there's a lot more, but that's the short and fun story. You got the happy ending at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I got to where I needed to be. It doesn't one, come easy. <laughs> one day we nothing, are going. Nothing worth it ever comes easy. Yes, one day we are going to be with you, Josh. We'll see you in the paddock, Josh. I hope, I hope that's the case. <laughs> Yes. I hope that's the case because we, we need, need more fresh young minds coming into Formula One who have the ideas that I don't have and <laughs> have the energy and, and, the, and like a different perspective on everything. Like that's, that's the way this works. You know, like, like I said, th digital has changed since 2017 to now. So imagine in another five years, it'll be, it's probably going to be people like you in the paddock running and getting interviewed by other people. Do you know what I mean? That is how it works. Wow, that would be amazing. Hope one day, <laughs> hope one day we, we are there. I think you'd have to move to Europe though. Yes. Yes, that, that's the little problem we have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the next step, we're yeah. working on it. Um, so you said that Pierre and Yuki get along really well. We see it, um, they're brothers. And how do you, get along with them with Pierre and Yuki do you have a good relationship with them yeah I've got a quite a good relationship with both of them um, I've known Pierre since 2017 16 maybe um, so yeah long relationship there he's very easy as you know like what you see on social media is him as well he's just a very nice guy so um, yeah we we chat we we hang out um, and Yuki was Yuki was very interesting when he came because I didn't know what to expect. Um, I'd only seen bits and pieces of him during Formula 2, but they don't really show you too much behind. So I didn't know what to expect that much. And then he started to test for us. And I, I first properly hung out with him in Abu Dhabi when he did the young driver test because he stayed with us that weekend. And um, he, didn't have his, like, he didn't have his trainer there. So like I was training in the gym. Um, and one of my many jobs back in Australia, I used to be a trainer. So like, I know what I'm doing in the gym and, um, and he was in there and he, he kind of needed a bit of, um, assistance, like reminders of like what this exercise was and that. So, um, we had a, we had a pretty good time just chatting in the gym and, and, and we still work out to this day sometimes because he lives in, he lives like down the road from me. He's down five minutes from where I'm here right now. Um, so, you know, sometimes on a, on a Sunday when I'm not doing anything and he goes like, do you want to go for a run or a gym? And then we go get a pokeball after. So we have a nice, we do, oh, we do breakfast, gym, pokeball. That's not, that's a nice little, um, Sunday that, that hasn't happened in a while because of all the races, but yeah. Um, and since there's not many people he knows in Fianza, like he doesn't really know too many people. So we do like, we hang out a bit when, when he's around which is pretty fun. Otherwise, I think both of us would go a bit crazy. I helped him move into his house, actually, which was quite fun. Um, he, he came here in August last year, and, um, and there was not many people around because August is a complete uh, shutdown in Italy as well. Everyone just goes to the beach. And he moved in. He's like, I need help, like, moving into this house. I've got no furniture. I've got no nothing. And so we spent, like, a week and a half or two weeks just shopping going to ikea buying a big barbecue 
setting up a pool that never got used. Um, yeah, all that sort of stuff. So we had, we had fun. What is the thing that you love the most about your job and which one is the one that you like less? Hmm. I like it when you come up with something very unique or interesting or creative, like a great idea, and then you get to put it out and you get to see the reaction of everyone. Um, it could be a funny post or a funny joke that you make or like a great piece of content like that you've filmed or you've gotten and you know that's yours. That's a nice, that's a really nice feeling. So that's, that's a big one. And obviously the travel is very nice too. However, in saying that, one of the things I like, I, I don't like as much is how much travel is happening in Formula One because it's getting too much. Um, it's like I do all the races and not many people in F1 in my role, there's a couple, but not many do all the races. They've got rotations happening, which is still a lot for them. I'm not taking anything away. It's, um, and I still love doing all the races. I prefer the not but I just feel the direction that we're going in and adding so many more, you lose, you're not really having much of a, of a personal life anymore because I only realized right before Spain that every race towards the end of the year is at least a double header. So that's two weekends away. So two weekends working, one weekend off. Two weekends working, one week off. So um, that's becoming a bit like, I guess as I, as I get older, that's becoming a bit more of a, of a strain and a, and a and a small little issue that I'll that I'll tackle when it once it gets bigger. But at the moment, I'm still I'm still cool. I'm still ready to go. But like that can be, and you know the mechanics have it even worse because they don't get to come back between certain races. There are if it's a European double header, they stay out for the whole thing because I need to set up the garage and take it down again. I'm lucky I get to come back for two three days. So um, yeah, it treats everyone differently. Um, so the schedule is probably what is difficult because when I come back, I'm back in the office looking at the next race and finishing off the previous race. One thing I say I'm not too fond of, but I want to make it clear. I'm not having a complaint about it. I still really enjoy, I love my job and I love traveling around and all that. It's just, if I had to pick one, that would be my little, bring back 19 or 20 races, please. And that'd be, and you know, you'd never get rid of me. Yes, we can help you in Mexico, in the Mexico Grand Prix if you want. <laughs> True. Yeah, we can, um, we can do a trial. Yes. Yes, can Josh. Go and sleep and we are going to make your work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, you, you we'll, won't we'll get me away from the taco, taco bar. <laughs> exactly. You, you don't know how, how many tacos I can eat. We'll help you. Well, you, like... Yeah, the first thing I'm going to need is a, a recommendation of a really good taco place in Mexico City, though. Yeah. I've had a few, but if you can tell me you like one or two probably. to go to, I would. Exactly, let's do it. Like, I want to. <laughs> I want to over overload. Take Pierre and Yuki, create a video of Yuki trying for sure. I had, I had, and that's it. I had, I had tacos with Yuki um, in Mexico, actually. You can make a funny video of eating tacos with Yuki and I, Pierre. I, <laughs> I Spicy. Could. Who can eat the most tacos? Yeah, I remember so, um, I saw pictures of Yuki eating. Yeah, that's another thing I want to do. More, <laughs> more content about Yuki eating. I think, I think I need to do that. There's just so many things you need to. But it'd be a good idea. Yes, that. after the race. Uh, just so in case. Yeah, that's the important yes, thing. Just yes. in case. Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about funny, can you tell us uh, the funniest story you have with them? Or what's a funny experience or something that happened with Yuki and Pierre? Well, he knows this already, but Pierre, Pierre's one was in 2020, um, where I got to watch the sheer terror on his face when we were flying from Austria back to Italy. We had just launched the car. <laughs> we just launched the car and we got the private jet from one of the the flying bulls which is obviously one of the perks of working for red bull is like they've got their own jets on hand um and whenever you fly with the flying bulls they want to show off a little bit because they're they're professionals they're professional stunt you know pilots and they're very good at what they do so they're flying us and um, as we take off um we just go immediately like after like 30 seconds we just go vertical like up and i'm my, I'm facing towards the back of the plane, so I'm looking downwards almost. And Pierre's facing the, the normal way you would look when you're sitting on a plane. So it's, it was like worse for me, but I'm like, okay, these guys are professionals. I'm just going to leave them to it. I don't love it, but I'll, I'll deal with it. And then I look up and Pierre's face, his, his hands are gripping the seat. Like it probably put a hole in the upholstery. And um, he's looking around like with just absolute terror on his face. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And um, it was just, it was just so funny. I lost it. I couldn't hold my breath anymore. So I got my phone out and started recording him. He's like that. He said to me, that video never leaves your phone. I said, that's fine. It's there as blackmail. But um, so um, that was a very heavy laugh that I had. That was very good. Um, we've had a few, like that's, that's one that just comes to mind. He's just, like I said, he's a very nice and very funny person. Yuki, there's just many weird, crazy ones. I'm happy and proud that I got him to jump in a freezing cold lake in Austria last year. Um, we when, when we were filming for the Schnitzeljagd, um, it was like Pierre and Checo had gone to bed or something, and um, and like it was just like Max talking to Yuki, and there's a couple other of us around, and and the production company wanted as part of this challenge was to go into the sauna, the steam room. And then from there you jump into the lake and then you jump back. So it's like a really refreshing experience. And um, like Max wasn't having any of it. He's like, you know what? I'm not doing it at all. I'm like, that's fair enough. I'm, you don't have to, you don't have to get a cold before you go to the race. And, um, but I thought Yuki, this could be very fun. And he, he was kind of umming and ahhing about it. I said, look, if you do it, I'll do it with you. And he's like, okay. So we got out, like, so Red Bull brought out some like bathers and for us and, and we went in and, and then he just did a front flip into the lake in like, it was at midnight and it was so cold. Um, but that was one of the best experiences that I had with him because it was just a nice sort of rewarding one for me. Um, and it was just funny to see him do a front flip in the lake whilst he was freezing because he got out of the, he got out of the, the steam room and you just meant to go straight in the lake, but the production company saying, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, we're not ready yet. And he's just like standing there freezing, yelling to them, hurry up, um, which was quite funny. And then he jumps in the lake. Um, and a more obvious funny one is when he just moved into his house, like literally just got the keys. I was there with him. Uh, we wanted to go get lunch or something. Uh, and he walks out. I'm like, you ready? I'm like, good. Oh, wait, I need to get my sunglasses a hat and goes to open the door he's locked himself out not even 10 minutes after moving in he locked himself out and that was just I mean I wasn't surprised because it happened again like two hours later as well 
and I had and like I got him to jump the fence um, to the next door neighbor who owned the place and said, "Look, you need to for sort this and get a spare key," um, which, which is what we did the next morning. We cut the keys and made sure there was <laughs> spares. Um, yeah, that was very very that was very funny. Yes, the drivers the drivers seems seemed they they're funny to work with. <laughs> Especially Yuki. They're fantastic. <laughs> I'm very happy with them. Yeah, I'm very happy working with both you and Yuki. They're very fun people. So our last question for today is, who is your favorite driver in the 2022 grid? And who do you think will win the championship? Okay. On the 2022 grid, Oscar Piastri. You're That's not getting me with too. that little. <laughs> Don't worry, it's mine too. You're not making me my drivers or the other. Yeah. It's mine too. Don't worry. Yeah. We're huge yeah. Oscar fans. <laughs> We're huge Oscar fans. Good. Like, yeah, I, I hope he gets a seat next year. Absolutely. I was doing that more. I do. I do really like him. I really rate him as a driver. But I was just doing it more to throw a curveball into your question because <laughs> I think you meant on the out of the 20 drivers <laughs> so i'm going with oscar and i'm going to stick with it and for the championship i think max will win the championship i think max and red bull will win the championship perfect josh thank you so much josh for everything for your time thank you Thanks so much, much again okay guys see you later you too bye-bye thank you for listening to me and my crazy stories go listen to f1 vitamin Make sure you don't miss an episode and keep following Scuderia Avatari.